In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 13, where I'll ask the question, what example does Israel provide? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 13 says, Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Paul gives this promise, this word of encouragement to the church at Corinth, letting them know that whenever you are tempted, and we are all tempted in all manner of ways, the Lord is providing a means of escape from that temptation that our hand is not forced to do that which is evil. It's something that we are doing ourselves. We are naturally, by our nature, indulging in these temptations in sinning against God. But the Lord is providing a means for us. So there is an escape from temptation, even the most pressing temptations that are so common to man. And what Paul does is he uses the example of the people of Israel to demonstrate that while the temptation to evil is significant and it is present, we must resist it. With that in mind, here are three thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 13, answering the question, what example does Israel provide? Thought number one, idolatry. This is not a good example. It's not a good example. Israel is practicing idolatry. They practice idolatry almost continually throughout their story. As you read through the Old Testament, you see accounts again and again and again of Israel chasing after the gods of the people in the land that they occupy. They're chasing after the gods of Egypt. They're chasing after the gods of the Canaanites. They're continually going to the high places to worship false gods, these things that are not even gods, but Paul will also describe as demons. This is what people do. This is what Israel did, even though they were given this great gift of the law, the word of God given directly to them, what do they do? They still practice idolatry. And we need to recognize that the temptation to idolatry is continually there. It is right there at our footsteps. And idolatry is taking anything, any created thing, and putting it in the position of God. Whether that's a statue of wood or stone, or it's more conceptual, like money or fame or influence. All of these things we can be idolatrous towards, and we must not Follow the example of Israel in practicing idolatry. Thought number two, sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is closely linked to idolatry because oftentimes the people of Israel would be engaging in sexual immorality as a practice of their idolatry. It's like a formal form of worship to these idols. And we need to recognize that sexual immorality is another one of those continual temptations that's set before us. And in practicing sexual immorality, we are practicing a form of idolatry because we are placing our own bodies in the position of that which is most significant. We're placing our own bodies as the authority 
over all creation. And this is a dangerous thing to do. You cannot practice sexual immorality and still have the ideal relationship with your creator because the creator has made you in such a way to practice your sexuality in a manner that's honoring to him. And when we are sexually immoral, when we are practicing sexually, those things which the Lord has told us not to do, we are committing idolatrous actions and placing ourselves in the position that God ought to have. Thought number three, grumbling. The people of Israel grumbled. And this was another example that they set. They were grumbling and they were grumbling continually. Read through the book of Exodus and you will see the people of Israel grumbling. Read through the book of Numbers and you will see the people of Israel grumbling. They're grumbling continually. All through the wilderness narrative, they're grumbling and complaining. Even though the Lord is providing for them, what are they doing? They're complaining. It isn't good enough. It isn't enough food. It isn't enough meat. They want something different to eat. They feel like they were better off when they were enslaved. They're grumbling. They're complaining because they think their situation could be better than what it is. They expect, they believe that they deserve more than what they're getting. And they grumble. They complain because their expectations are not being met. The reality of their experience doesn't conform to what they believe they ought to have, so they complain. Well, the grumbling is put in the same category as the sexual immorality and the idolatry. And that's something that we need to pay attention to. That grumbling and complaining is ultimately saying that we know better than God, that we know better than what he is doing in the world, that our negative situation that we are experiencing in any given moment ought not be that way for some reason or other. Failing to recognize that the Lord is bringing about his purposes in the world, utilizing our suffering as a means of doing so. This is significant for us to recognize. Otherwise, we are so prompt to follow Israel's example in complaining, even while we are the recipients of grace and mercy from our almighty creator. Israel doesn't provide us super great examples on how we ought to behave, so we should look at what they did in the Old Testament and recognize that in Christ we have so much more, so we ought to celebrate that which we've been given by God and appreciate it and worship Him and Him alone. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of 1 Corinthians chapters 9 and 10. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of scripture together.